0: This is the City and the Sound podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Holt. On this episode, we're talking to the Birmingham lo-fi band, Resort Realism. I'll talk to Resort Realism about the influences, and the kind of music they listen to coming up. But before we get into this episode, I want you to open your ears, expand your mind, and listen to this. I'm here with Resort Realism. I'm here with Robert. Hello. And Crawford. Hi. How's it going, guys?
1: Going great. <laughs> it's going. <laughs> uh, how are you?
0: Pretty good. We're uh, we're here in the the resort, as you guys call it.
1: Yes. It's a very visual
2: thing, but... <laughs> 1970s wood paneled, beautiful
0: house. <laughs> in
1: lovely scenic
0: Irondale. <laughs> so like um. Kind of like, how did, so you guys originally from Birmingham, Alabama, like, how was it like growing up, like, what was some of the kind of music and stuff you guys listened to growing up as kids? let
1: go ahead. Ooh. Um. Dang. How early? Like, kid kid? Or, yeah, you knew or, kid okay. kid. <laughs> uh, I think the first music I probably heard came from my parents, mostly Beatles and uh, Crosby, Stills and Nash mm-hmm. and stuff. I think the first actual time someone put in a CD, another child, and and we both listened to it together was probably now. That's what I call music, Volume One, <laughs> which uh, had some bangers on it. Actually, what, what was the bangers um, on that one? Karma Police is on there. Believe oh, no. it or not. Oh, All right. Um, okay. Uh,
0: now <laughs> that's what I call music. <laughs>
1: um, I mean, most of it. Most of it was was garbage, but. Then I kind of got into pop punk mm-hmm. with my sort of uh, suburban, uh, private school, rebellious friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, somehow that segued into no effects, then at the drive in. At the drive-in led to the Mars Volta, the Mars Volta led to jazz, and all of the actual real music that I like, <laughs> um, things like Radiohead and stuff, but it was a, a pretty weird parabolic curve of, yeah. of, of trash and then um, death. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, Yeah, my experience is pretty similar, like my mom
2: would put on the Beatles... Also, like, ABBA and, oh, like, an, yeah. like, an REM CD, which I really liked. Um Yeah, early years, I was into, like, Dave Matthews and uh, Van Morrison. I had a Van Morrison CD I liked a lot. Um, I wasn't, like, that into, like, CDs and stuff. Like, I played oboe and orchestra and, like, study piano. Um so I, I don't know, it was later till when I was, like, 16 that I had a lot of friends who were very into, like, prog rock, like, mm-hmm. Yes, and King Crimson, and uh, that that led to jazz music. I then studied jazz a lot uh,
1: in the college years especially. Um, but it, it's funny, though, that, that kind of happened to both of us at the same time. Um, the jazz explosion. <laughs> and just getting into prog. We both went to high school mm-hmm. together, and... Uh, yeah, a lot of people were into Prague at our high school. <laughs> a lot of people were into drugs. Uh, yeah. And, uh, a lot of our friends were musicians, too. Yeah. Um, we all kind of found that, I think I started playing bass when I was 11, maybe. I got picked, uh, by a couple friends that had started a band. One one had already dibs drums and one had dibs guitar. So they said, if you want to play in the band, you've got to play bass. Mm-hmm. And, uh. Luckily, it suited my temperament really well. But I mean, we've been doing that a long time. Um, yeah, yeah. So we were in. I guess our first musical
2: group we we're in together was the Altamont School Jazz Band, which was uh, actually really great. We played a lot of really good music, like Tower of Power. Um, what we? What else did we play? We played a. Uh, Lots of good stuff. Like old like jazz swing tunes like Tuxedo Junction, but we, we also played a uh, like a slide the Family Stone song. Um Uh I don't know. We play, we played good music. Yeah. Um so yeah, we did that. Um we were in a sub subsequently in a prog psychedelic <laughs> I I don't know, psychedelic rock prog band, um when we were eighteen called that later became a band called form constant which as a project still exists um but there were four of us from altamont in that band um which is how i got to know bobby and uh that was like the most i don't know that's how i think both of us came into our own musically is is kind of working through stuff in that that band
0: Mm -hmm. oh so like when did you guys form resort realism
2: well, there was there was form constant i I quit form constant when I was like 23, 22, and then we made a band called Tread on Me, which actually was like a was like a noise rock, instrumental noise rock trio. um It was really is really mostly the two of us, but there there are actually two Tread on me records which exist um mm-hmm. deep deep into youtube um. yeah they're, 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 uh, they're only known by the real aficionados uh but when our drummer left he found his girlfriend out to denver so then we had no drummer but i was also getting more into like more chill hip-hop beats yeah so then i was like okay well why don't we just make beats and play to it and I, we, I, we were gestating with like slower temp- tempos for a long time and then probably we didn't have a band I don't even know when we came up with the name as the a name project. came kind of late um, um, probably we... three years three years ago or so, three mm-hmm. or four years ago um, we were working on a new batch of recordings and then it you know, seemed like, okay, well, we have enough for an LP, and we, I, a lot of good stuff was happening when we are making the, the the first recordings,
0: and, uh, really I really like know. about your guys' you sound say? is that it's, like, it really has that kind of, like, organic, you know, instrumentation, has those really just, like, kind of just, like, organic, kind of cool grooves, like, how do you guys, like, kind of work with, kind of, making those, kind of grooves?
1: Um... We like to make beats. We like to jam a lot. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, I'll just sit on the drum kit and play to the best of my ability while he riffs on piano, and we might do that for an hour and go, "Hey, man, that uh, that little like five minute period of mm-hmm. that extended thing was really cool. Um, let's expand on that." Um, I, I think
2: o- I think what a lot of our sound comes from is at least in the first record. I get. I know you're a night person. I I I I like the night feel too, mm-hmm. and a lot of the jams and stuff came up with us playing. You know, we a lot of nights we wouldn't start playing until like eleven p.m. We jam till two in the morning, but and we would just play like we wouldn't be like partying and, and jamming a little like other bands have been in where it's like oh let's go out and smoke a cigarette and yeah, drink some beers. Play. It's like we we would literally jam on something for like two hours without talking, yeah. with a loop going. Mm-hmm. Um, so to do that in a focused way and, and not like jam of like, let me take an endless keyboard solo. It's like, let me (laughs) really search for a part and, and cut away the excess croft and distill it in, in something that feels good to play over and over and over. And I think we both are, are know when something really feels good. Um, so yeah, just. Play, just playing until it it, it comes, mm-hmm. really. Uh, that's, I think,
1: w- when we do our best work. Yeah, like chiseling a, a marble block.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. And it, it is funny. After doing something like that, I'll look down at kind of what I'm playing on bass and go, wow, this is not what I started with. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really takes that kind of committed, almost hypnotic, yeah uh journey that sounds kind of corny but i think we both write that way really uh I, excitedly yeah
2: <laughs> I, I, I had a friend actually who was you know he was asking about like drugs and music or alcohol it's like you know certain like you're from new orleans like yeah. Mardi girl music is very kind of like drunk has that sort of drunk feel to it yeah feel- you know that energy or like or, you know, psychedelic music is, you know, definitely inspired by like the psychedelic movement or reggae is, you know, like pop music. Um, but I think p- music, if you play music really with a real in- intent to it, mu- playing music itself is mind altering. Mm-hmm. You don't need a substance. So to really jam on something in a focused way for like an hour, it takes you to another place and it changes the music along the you know with that uh, focus and intensity it's kind of meditative to me but i think it our sound does depend on us doing these long long jams yeah which when other people play with us like like someone like Lindsay or someone they're like after like 20 minutes like all right um i'm bored <laughs> we're like, we're like whoa, 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 whoa we're just getting
1: started here yeah, yeah. we just got yeah to the this hasn't even, <laughs> yeah i haven't even pressed record yet uh, <laughs>
0: One thing I really like about your guys' sound, and I think in kind of one on the other band I've talked to, is that you guys really commit to an aesthetic. Like, whether it's visually or <laughs> musically, or just like the way the sound quality is, it really like, it's all cohesive in a certain way. Is there like a conscious effort to kind of keep to that aesthetic? I would say so. It It took us a long time to... That's
1: kind of our 10-year musical relationship, just in its current phase yeah like we've been honing that for a really long time um in other forms and and with other people but like if something sticks out and seems weird or cringy i usually like to to call it you know (laughs) yeah
2: yeah like the visual concept and and all the like the, the music videos and stuff it's not something that we like sat down and thought of one day of like hmm like we need some visuals for our band like what should we be It's just sort of like uh, us as friends and liking the same movies and talk just having lots of like talks about life and stuff that's not music related it just organically over time this thing has just sort of taken shape and it's like we could write a short story or a or a, make more films or music that it i think it any medium would come from the same source but i, I think not to toot my own horn, but like I think compared to like some like vacuous pop music, yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing behind it. Um, I feel like our years of playing together and uh, you know on this musical journey together is just why our stuff is what it is. Mm-hmm. There's no no substitute for that.
1: I like that you you mentioned other media uh, early on. It was the second second thing we did as Tread on Me. We kind of, as we were making it, thinking, "Let's do a a soundtrack for a film that doesn't exist, mm-hmm. just as an experiment." And I, I think that was so fun that that just kind of informed our entire musical concept. Yeah, like think visually, um, kind of have have a sound palette like you would have a color palette. Mm. Um, that's, that's a very intentional thing that we don't even talk about all that much, but, but I, I, I recognize that that's what's kind of happened with it. Um, kind of build, build a little world that's, yeah, he's a visual
0: artist too, so. (laughs) He's like, that looks too. Um.
1: Yeah.
0: But. I guess you. So you, I guess when I was looking at you guys up, you classified as like lo-fi down tempo. Would that be like the most accurate description of it? or Would you say there's not? Because I feel like genre and kind of twentieth century music doesn't even make any sense. Because there's so much accessible music you can listen to with the web that trying to define a genre is just kind of you know.
2: I think if if you're making music to fit in a genre idea you have, that's poor practice as a musician. Mm-hmm. Like if you're like, I want to make. Well, I, I don't know it, it depends but uh, I we call music post lo-fi I <laughs> our, ma- our manager came up with that to kind of like remove us from like the lo-fi hip-hop gl- Beats o- ocean ocean yeah. that's out there
1: it's pretty f- bizarrely appropriate though. I, I mean appropriate. I, yeah. I think uh, the whole project really came out of the ashes of our our Prague post-rock thing, mm-hmm. um, which was, you know, rock in- instrumentation, but not playing rock music. Mm-hmm. It was informed yeah. by all kinds of other stuff. And then we sort of had to deconstruct that and not having a drummer. Or vocalist. Or vocalist, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, starting to use drum machines and samples with that. With all of that kind of prog mind. Yeah. Uh, wanting to feed on something. It just sort of
2: yeah, and sort of the vibes, I guess, of, of a band like Tortoise or like post rock, um, like rock music does not like balls out, like ACDC or something. Yeah, um, yeah, Radiohead too. Uh, but like the more, I I think we both tend towards like the more like melancholic, introverted sounds and tempos uh, mm-hmm. on the whole. Um, which then, if you if it's mellow and cool, then it's like you know you're chilling listening to like lo-fi or something yeah but uh but yeah but as as like like we like we were both rock rock musicians mm-hmm. i mean i'm also a rock keyboard player whatever that means but um me producing music like that came later and i think for a lot of people they when they start making music it's like okay i don't know that much about music theory or chords but i have a npc and i'm gonna just gonna like start making beats. Yeah. Um and I'll, I'll I'll learn chords later, you know, but I, I we're the opposite of that.
0: I think post lo fi is a good kind of way to describe it just because I feel like with lo fi kind of hip hop she'll be society through that whole I guess endless genre Yeah. Is that um I feel like sometimes those songs I mean under they kinda of primarily loop based, they don't really like have a kind of forward progression. But with your guys' music there is a forward progression there and it's like <laughs> it's delving deep, you know
1: Yeah. Yeah, that that first uh, our first record really is taking all of those long meditative jams mm. and and sort of what could have been you know a full um, track on one of those YouTube playlists or something. Yeah. We'll kind of go okay, that's the B section. Um, we need four more, and that yeah. that's kind of the Prague the Prague right. influence. Yeah, more structure. In. I mean. Um,
2: i i i love the sound of lo-fi hip-hop yeah me too. I, I i think everybody loves <laughs> it much, which is why it's so popular yeah. yes there's like way too much of it and a lot of it's like not as high
0: quality as like someone some, described but... it today i've he's described it as the 21st century version of elevated music yeah music yeah <laughs> it's like millennial music
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean that's fine um but yeah, our stuff it, it it does. I guess that's from our rock background, but it, it like that that music wouldn't have like an A section and a B section and a bridge mm-hmm. or something, but I yeah, like if you you know, like our the first thing we released Redstone definitely has like A and a B section and in a, a bridge mm-hmm. and you know, this the stuff you'd expect from like a, a long rock song. Yeah. So, um yeah. I guess that's from playing rock music for so long. <laughs> or, I don't know, maybe we don't have the skill to like make something interesting out of a you know just purely arrangement wise off a loop. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I um I just really want to say I uh, listen to Redstone. That's probably one of the best basslines I've heard this like thanks, recently. Man. I was like, That baseline is so good.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was uh that was one of the first things we did, I think. That was that was the
2: first resort realism track we made and it took Fucking forever. <laughs> it took
0: forever. Um, <laughs> what was like? What took it so long to kind of you know work it out?
2: I don't remember. We were in the actually we had another roommate at the time. This crazy. I won't say his name, but really great producer, older dude. Uh, but Birmingham Ghost. Yeah, um, but he he had the main room where mm-hmm. he would do his work, and then we had this little tiny room in the back, and we I remember just being in there just like. It wasn't, like, much AC. I don't know if it was, like, hot or cold, but it just, we were, like, crammed in there and, like, smelling each other's BO and just... <laughs> I don't know why it took so long. My, we, we made all the music, actually, on this... It's right there, that white MacBook from 2008, and that is really shitty, too, and kept... Uh, like, it couldn't render the audio in real time. It would, like, be popping, and... It, I don't know. I don't know why the track took so long. <laughs> I, I remember, too, though, that was, like, the first... At least for me, the first time I had spent like way more um was paying like way more attention to arrangement stuff of like, okay, here we're gonna have to, like have the shaker come in and mm-hmm. then the snare drum is gonna change here and then the like thinking about music more in that way because I I'd just been playing like jazz and stuff or been in a in a band where the drummer would kinda handle that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of like I I don't know Ar- arrangement one hundred and one for for me.
0: When I was like listening, to, uh, I was showing a friend of mine's your music, and um, <laughs> when he's noted about Redstone he's that he felt like uh, one of the sections kind of reminded him of like the uh, the opening music when you would like turn on the PS two. There- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Was I was gonna ask? Was there any kind of like maybe even like subconscious influence from like video game music? I would I, so. I would say almost certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Diablo had a good soundtrack. Oh yeah, Diablo. This, Diablo two. Your your uh,
0: Morrowind existential <laughs> yeah. despair. Oh, it's such a good game. Uh, I so much just, <laughs> Morrowind. <Just Elder> <laughs> oh my god. You know, someone's gonna be like, "You he likes Morrowind more than Skyrim? That's interesting." Uh,
2: yeah, Morrowind's way better than Skyrim. <laughs> I'm <just laughs> J- sure you know too. <laughs> yeah, I in
0: Oblivion. <laughs> dude, Morrowind was so good. It was so deep. It that was, was like, the first of its kind. So it's definitely right. like, it's ahead of like the pack on those. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: That game, that game was super deep. Uh, had great music, as as I remember.
0: Is there like um, kind of you guys' music, kind of that warm sound, um, and kind of you guys are sharing the studio. There's like real push towards like analog recording stuff. Is there like do you guys kind of prefer more of, like analog stuff as opposed to kind of like that digital kind of workspace with music? Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Uh, I I I've I've warmed up to some digital sounds. Like, I, I hated 80s music growing up. Like, mm-hmm. I only liked music from the 60s and 70s. And then 80s stuff, when you did... Those digital scents first hit the market, which you hear on... I mean, even stuff that I love now, but, like, Prince and mm-hmm. MJ. Um, I, I just thought, like, the DX7 or something, like... It just sounds like shit to me. <laughs> <laughs> but then, Vaporwave happened. Oh, yeah, there I go, got, it got real, real cool. And we all realized,
1: like, you, it, with the right uh treatment some of those sounds are incredible yeah yeah, um and uh that did unlock a lot yeah yeah um yeah i don't
2: know i mean i do think a lot of stuff sounds like digital stuff sounds like crap like Mm. sorry native instruments but like (laughs) the half the sound, the same like 80 percent of the samples in the machine library drum set or just sound like dubs bro step dubstep garbage <laughs> and then the synth sounds suck and it just i don't know i mean you can't expect out of the box like if you have a very specific musical taste and ideas you can't expect to turn on a random synth and be like oh all the presets are exactly stuff yeah. i want to use in my tracks it's like out of 100 presets maybe two i could see myself using typically or you know, then end up making my own things or using effects pedals or, but I do realize that the, the fact that we use analog equipment, I think the younger ears or I have some friends who are more into like modern, only like modern music and hmm. um, that our music might sound like not up to date or a little more low, a little rougher or less bright. Yeah. Um, which I, 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 I get that. Um, something I think about. But
1: can't yeah. can't be too mean to digital stuff, uh, because of the app Funkbox. Oh, that's a good which, app, a drum uh, machine, yeah. Funkbox. Which was one of the first kind of tools we started using to write and yeah, yeah so it's just so fast and easy, or mm. just making your own beats and that is the, ni- the uh, rock one. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 is, it is nice to be able to just like work really quickly. Yeah. Except then he took that concept even further and bought a 70s drum machine that yeah, that's you, right. basically, you just turn on and, and we're jamming the, which, already. Uh, which like, um, drum machine is it? It's, it's a Rhythm Ace. Oh, um,
0: I've, yeah, I've seen all those before.
2: It's not like the Sly and the Family Stone. Like, on,
0: a, from on a family affair? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. 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 It's not that. Um, and I'd love to have one of those. But it, it, similar, I think cheaper and similar era. But Oh, shit.
0: What was that? I, I don't think know. A, a painting just fell off the wall. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, ghost. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we got an analog drum machine, and we'll just uh, turn turn that on and um, just jam. I mean, it'd be better if like either of us like spent more time making beats on the computer. But I don't know. Just easy. All of our stuff pretty much has a snare on two and four, and yeah. it's gonna have a bass drum on a kick drum on beat one. So. Yeah, your ballpark. If
1: you get to set the tempo, you're ready to work. Mm-hmm. And just to get kind of composition going or or start something, we would then probably go back and make yeah, yeah, make yeah, a yeah, proper yeah. Uh, thing sort of based on the the idea. But yeah, um, so some some combination of analog and digital is is a yeah. nice, just whatever is an effective workflow yeah. and. Yeah. I use a lot of digital
2: effects though in the box mm-hmm. on on my keyboards and stuff. So I, I'm not I'm not anti digital by any means. Just and a lot of the stuff is from my Nord, which is like a digital copy of yeah. of analog stuff. So mm-hmm. it, you know. I don't
0: know. I feel like there's kind of a, a push towards like artists who are kinda of embracing like analog recording material like Someone like, I guess you'd say, like, Mac DeMarco oh, has, like, yeah. a lot of analog recording stuff. For, and has that. For sure. That, that really is, has that sound, you know. Kevin Parker. Yeah, he's used a lot of that <laughs> self- on currents.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's definitely both. I mean, I think, for me, finding equipment that I, I vibe with and I like and have an affinity for mm-hmm. is most important. Um, you, whether it's a micro or, like, a clavinet, yeah. Um, I mean, I've I've definitely found some analog piece of equipment I don't like to play with. Mm -hmm. So, you know, analog can be a pain in the ass. I mean, it's heavy, it breaks. Mm -hmm. It's just a fact. It's it's expensive. (laughs) Um. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you guys have, like, a favorite, like, synth that you use? Um,
2: My favorite synth? Well, I, I didn't have... I have a Prophet 6 now, but I didn't have it when we made the first record... Um, a lot of it, I think the most important sounds on it would be the, actually the clav sound on the, on the Nord, but run through a, a, a stomp box. Um, that gives like a vibrato, kind yeah. of warbly sound, but what's weird is, so I, I did a lot with that sound, which is on red, st- a lot of the tracks, um, we've released so far with a sustain pedal and this clavs on the roads on the Nord sounds really cool with a sustain pedal. Later on, I got a real clavinet. Real clavinets don't have a sustain. So it's like, I was like, oh, it's is so sweet. I can have a clav, and I'll be able to put a sustain into it, and it'll sound like an analog version of, of what I have. But they just, a real clavinet does not have sustain. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's something kind of funky and weird to the Nord clav sound, which you can't get from a real clav. Um, so that's cool. It's not a synth, but I, I would do a lot with that and delay pedals and... And then I have a synth, the Korg Poly 800. It, it was kind of a budget synth from the '80s um, that I think makes really beautiful string sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so we use that a lot. That a lot for sort of like gated string
1: sounds or chords that sound stringy. Um, there's a lot of microkorg on there too. There's there's some microkorg. It's been a, a microkorg floating around our, our lives for a long time. <laughs> back, back to those <laughs> back to those Prague days. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the first synth that anyone that we knew had, and... Yeah. People love to smoke weed and put on headphones <laughs> and just freak yeah, out. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But. I think your guys' music has definitely, like, the most... Um, it's, like, a lot of music kind of can, you know, you can visualize a certain... A place when it but like especially being in the house it like it perfectly matches like, <laughs> yeah, it it's very much is like the kind of you imagine like it's like dusk you know you're like miami beach or in like you're like panama somewhere and like the sun's like halfway down it was like do you guys kind of feel like their music kind of inspires that kind of mood
2: yes absolutely and i think this house definitely
1: lent some of the sound to the music mm-hmm. just being in here yeah that uh picture on the wall that no one can see uh <laughs> was in our little closet room and we would kind of point at it a lot and go that's that's the that's sound the vibe. that's that. it's gonna be the record cover right Something like that. <laughs> um but we would we would talk about visuals a lot mm-hmm. and uh i do love the weirdness of this house you can just kind of every time we have to make Promotional content and needs some texture. It's just, well, that green and orange pressed sawdust weird fake wood panel is very stimulating. Yeah. Um,
2: Yeah, Yeah, this house is kind of like moldy too, which I like. It's kind of (laughs) moldy. It's kind of like the distortion.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I really think, um, I really. I know sometimes, if you, I guess, kind of people with music, I kind of it sounds kind of older. Do you guys ever feel like it's kind of belongs in that era? but it's like, Or do you kind of still, like, it's still kind of current to what's, you know, music that's happening right now? Especially with vaporwave and stuff like that, that's still, like, you know, in the modern context.
2: I feel like we're current. Yeah, I think we're current. Um, even though we use old stuff. Uh, I mean, a lot of the stuff I like... Um... You know, if our music were compared to someone like Suggy Otis or yeah, some like that, that uses drum machines and and is evocative mm-hmm. in a certain way, mm-hmm. I, you know I would love that or, um, you know I, even though we haven't released or recorded much music like this I mean we talk a lot about bands like Can and mm-hmm. you know 19, late late sixties and seventies Miles Davis yeah and just that freedom um, with improvisation and. Sound that I feel like was at a high water
1: mark back then. Mm-hmm. Um. I think there's a pretty big '90s influence to it as well. Um, people like Air and yeah, you're a big Aphex Twin fan and, and yeah, Apex. Massive Attack, that kind of Portishead, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, all those people were sampling music from right previous decades, mm-hmm. so. It still is kind of rooted in that.
0: Another um, band I kind of, you guys kind of reminded me of is a, uh, I kind of like Bad Bad Not Good. Oh yeah, they're cool. I I've
2: listened to them a ton, but they're they're great. I mean, I know those are dudes who are like are jazz guys, but then they're really into hip hop and Jay mm-hmm. Dilla and stuff like that. Um, yeah, they're sweet. I mean,
1: and there's like a math yeah. rock vibe to some of it too. Yeah, um, yeah. A couple people have told me that actually, um, but. We should probably
0: spend time with that at some point. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, what have you guys kind of been listening to, you know, kind of, um, with kind of quarantine and coronavirus and everything going on? Hmm. I honestly haven't been
1: listening to that much music. (laughs) I've I've been doing the kind of sideman bass hustle for something like eight years, and... I'm around loud stuff all the time, so it's kind of been nice to not listen to a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, the I, new Little Dragon album was good. Um, I crushed that a couple times, but. I, uh, I've i really been getting in this
2: artist, Wise Blood. Oh, she's really good. Her album, um, Titanic that, Rising. Yeah. That one, I also love Front Row Seat to Earth before. I just her music's not really like her music that much. Well, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit, but I I I just love it. Um, and then I listened to In Rainbows, the album, Radiohead album, for, mm-hmm. for actually one of, like one of the first times, a few months ago. That's crazy. That was, was like a like a, like a glaring hole in my <laughs> musical knowledge that I was aware of. But I just. I don't know. Radiohead makes me sad. I don't. I don't like to put that, it on. That <laughs> album is
1: amazing, though. The, the drums throughout are just unbelievable. Yeah, it, it was badass. I'm gonna listen to it a lot more. Um, uh,
2: so yeah, and then when I'm doing my job, like I, I love to listen to J. Dilla, just because it just puts me in a really good headspace and yeah, I feel productive but chill and even keel, but. Um,
0: yeah awesome well I really want to thank you guys for really being a part of this um, I like love your guys music I, thanks like, it's like it's like the perfect mixtape music like the perfect like summer 80s song or like the perfect just like nighttime drive music it's like fits like right there
1: nighttime driving was talked about a lot yes as, as <laughs> we were uh... what, what, what date is our, our full record drop
2: December I... mid-December yeah Ooh. mid-December what can we expect from it um whether well, nine tracks and i think we've released three singles so far or four three or four four so four tracks, are out, four but, tracks but, are out but in three phases um so yeah you'll get the full resort realism lp um also with some live video of us playing instruments um uh, coming up <laughs> um
1: a lot of good stuff yeah, so, uh, I think uh, the next single comes out on the twenty first, which is Wednesday of next week. Yeah,
2: new new single on Wednesday. Ooh, what's uh, it called? It's called Nightcap. It's a song about having a drink at the end of the night when you're just when
0: you shouldn't have that last one, <laughs> but it just it just feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stop a train. <laughs> well, seriously, thank you guys for being a part of this. It's awesome. Thanks. Man. Thank, thank you. Thanks, Josh. Cheers. No problem. I want to thank Robert and Crawford for sitting down with me and talking about their music if you can, the new song Nightcap is out right now, give it a listen it's a great one I'll see you guys soon, you have a great day